if you want to make a lot of money in business, if you want to make a lot of money in sales, don't have making money as your target. Your target is serving others. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders, rewriting the rules of high performance at work. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast. We're about to get started with another amazing guest who's sharing incredible insights. And I want to make sure that you are aware that all of this is made possible by Mind Valley. And right now, Mind Valley has an amazing package that you can take advantage of called All Access. If you haven't heard of it before, this is basically getting every single quest of Mind Valley available to you for an annual price of under $600. And the best part is you can get started, have a test drive if you've never done a quest before, and see how amazing this transformational material is. If for any reason you feel is not what you're looking for, you're always eligible for a refund within the first 30 days. So I urge you to go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman. That way you'll be able to take advantage of this incredible offer and it will support our shows and free content such as superhumans at work that you get to listen to twice a week. So go in there, check out the quests that are available. All the information will be on that page, which is mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman, where you can also find this link in the show notes. And now let's get started with our episode. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to Superhumans at Work. The guest that I have today is someone that comes very, very close to my heart. The man has written a series of books, which one of the first ones that was put into my hands called The Go-Giver was referred to me by a dear friend, Carl Harvey. And this was at a time that I had just started at Mind Valley, and I felt like I had so much to prove. I felt like I needed to be the one that's going out there and being that quote-unquote go-getter being the expression that people usually use. And this gentleman said, Jason, you need to pick up this book and you need to read it. And it completely reshaped the way that I think about how I do my work and how I operate even in my personal life. The book, The Go-Giver, has been a Wall Street Journal and a Business Week bestseller, sold over 950,000 copies since its release. It has consistently stayed in the top 25 in Porsche Light's business book bestseller list. The man, Bob Berg, has been a man who's been speaking on these topics of sales, marketing, influence, leadership, and has brought forward this series of books around The Go-Giver. He's one of the 30 most influential leaders by American Management Association, has done so much in the world of inspiring people on how to do sales and how to lead in a way of giving and why that's so important today. We're going to go dive into these topics as to how you can apply the same concepts into your life. And so with my great pleasure, Bob, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, Jason, it's so great to be with you. Thank you for those kind words. Wow. I mean, it comes straight from the heart here. Like I said, it's been an influential book because, you know, as someone that's been always trying to do his best in a workplace, you know, the concept of go-giver was quite innovative. When you brought out that story, a lot of people went like, aha. I'd be curious to kind of start it off with how did you find your aha in learning the power of go-giver? Well, I was first very fortunate to be brought up by people who embodied that very concept. It's not the name we would have for it, but you know that's what I got to observe. So that was certainly an advantage. As I got into the business world, into sales and so forth, you know, you saw people doing things that ways we could call the, the wrong way and ways we could call the right way. And 
And, you know, it always seemed to me that when push came to shove, the people who were doing it the right way, the people who were always focused on bringing immense value to others, these are the people who had sustainable success and not just long-term, but short-term as well. It was actually fairly easy to recognize. Now, I would say that the real epiphany, if you will, came a couple of years after I was in sales and I'd been learning sales and studying sales and doing pretty well. And then I joined a company where I was selling a, you know, a high price product and I was in a, a sales slump and it was really a, a slump that was difficult to get out of. And if you've ever been in one of those, you know, it can be really, uh, you know, you start doubting yourself and you wonder if it's ever going to happen. And what I did is I really started focusing on myself and getting really inside my head, which of course is the exact opposite of what being a go-giver is. And I remember one day I came back from a, an appointment that turned out to be a non-sale and it was, it was really someone who would have benefited greatly from the product and it was really my own, totally my responsibility for that sale not taking place. And I was in the, I guess it was the sales waiting room. This is like 40 years ago now or something. So, but there was an older guy who worked there. He wasn't even in sales. I think he was in the engineering department. I didn't know him really well, but he was a, a nice guy, quiet guy. But one of these people, he didn't say much, but whenever he did, it was, it was quite profound. So when he said to me, Berg, he was a, a last name kind of guy. When he said, Berg, can I give you some advice? I said, sure, absolutely. Please do. And he said, if you want to make a lot of money in business, if you want to make a lot of money in sales, he said, don't have making money as your target. Your target is serving others. Now, when you hit the target, you'll get a reward. And that reward will come in the form of money. And you can do with that money whatever you choose. But never forget, he said, the money is simply the reward for hitting the target. It ain't the target itself. Your target is serving others. And that Jason, is when it really hit me that great salesmanship is never about the salesperson. Great salesmanship is never about the product or service, as important as those are. Great salesmanship is about the other person. It's about that person whose life you're trying to bring value to. It's how that person's life will benefit, be made better, as a result of having you in it. And when we understand that, now we're really nine steps ahead of the game in a 10-step game. Mm. And I love how this concept, you know, we speak about it in sales because it's so tangible, you know, because the reward based on doing that activity, serving the client, you can instantly measure it because I'm assuming that once you've applied this principle, you've probably got yourself out of a slump. Well, yes, and this is why we say that money is simply an echo of value right? It's the thunder, if you will, to values lightning, meaning the value must come from, that must be the focus, the value you're bringing to another human being. The money you receive is simply a natural result of that value. So it's important, I think, to know for people to understand when we talk about placing the other person's interests first, which is law number three, the law of influence, there's nothing about that that should be confused with being a doormat, or a martyr, or self-sacrificial. Absolutely not at all. It's as Joe, the protege in the story, learned from several of the bedtours, the golden rule of business of sales is simply that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, 
and trust. And there's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way of eliciting those feelings toward you and others, right, than by genuinely and authentically moving from an I focus or me focus to an other focus, making your win, as Sam, one of the mentors, told Joe, making your win about the other person's win. Because Jason, you know, no one's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet, right? (laughs) They're not going to buy from you because you need the money and they're not even going to buy from you just because you're a nice guy. They're going to buy from you or from me or for everyone watching and listening because they believe they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so. And that's great news for any entrepreneur or salesperson or leader or manager or anyone who wants to be successful. It means that if you can really genuinely care about bringing value to another human being, you will be rewarded for it. And I love how when you speak of it with so much passion, it makes sense. There's no witchcraft here. This seems right. There's very... right. nothing magical, mystical. Right. Exactly. And, and it's like I want. <laughs> I want to be promoted. Uh, what do I do? I bring value. And if I want to get more sales, find a way to bring more value to the organization. Exactly. So where did we go wrong, Bob? Like, why is it that it seems like so many people make the miscalculation of thinking that you just got to focus on the money? Like, it seems so obvious now that we hear it. Where did we go wrong? Well, I think there are a couple of things. I think one, it's human nature that we're self-focused, right? I mean, that's how, you know, people have survived for millennia, you know, there's a certain human nature to that. We think about us more than other people think about us. So that's one aspect and that's human nature. It doesn't mean we have to be stuck in human nature though. It means that we can understand it. We can acknowledge it because successful people live in truths. What it means is we can place our self-interest to the side. We can temporarily suspend our self-interest in order to focus where it needs to be on that other person. Here's the other reason that I think this is the case. What are we taught? You know, and I mean, with many, it, it starts with upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television shows, movies. The world around us gives us a very not mixed message about money, prosperity, and success, a very negative message. Okay, you would think anybody who has made a lot of money has done it on the backs of others or by ripping off or by that's a big world. There's people who do bad things. But to the degree that we operate in a free market based environment, free market simply meaning no one's forced to do business with anyone else. Right. To the degree we operate there and all of us do. You do. I do. And so does everybody else listening. No one has to buy the only way, the only way we can earn a really great income is by providing immense value to the lives of a lot of people. But see, because of the messages we get from the world around us and take in on an unconscious basis level, unconscious level, it can really get into our heads. That's why we had law number five in the book, the law of receptivity. We wanted people to know, yes, the giving is important. You know, you breathe out, but you also have to breathe in. It's not one or the other. You're not either, you know, a giver or a receiver. No, you're a giver and a receiver. But what you know is that the laws of life say the giving must come first. As Pindar told Joe early in the story, you don't walk up to a fireplace and say, give me some heat and some fire, and then I'll throw on some logs and some newspaper and light a match. You don't go to the bank teller and say, hey, I'm thinking of opening up an account, but first you give me an interest payment and then I'll deposit some money. Life doesn't work that way. 
No, we focus on providing great value to others and we've earned the right to receive. And it doesn't mean it's always going to come directly from that way. Often it does, sometimes it doesn't. But what you do is when you constantly and consistently provide immense value to the marketplace, you've created what John David Mann, my awesome co-author, and I call the benevolent context for your success. I love it. There's even an author that's more in like the personal growth field. His name is Joe Vitale. And one of oh, the quotes sure. he's, I, yeah, Joe. Joe, yeah, I think he's the one who says a quote that you can't outgive the universe. Well, and, yeah, Joe does say that. Yeah. <laughs> and so when I hear these concepts, like to me, it always makes me so excited and so encouraged to always be giving, which brings me to that fine line. Like, where is that line? Because you already mentioned like, don't be a doormat. Don't let people walk over you. Don't let yourself be taken advantage of. And it comes to mind. Like you're like, wow, Wow, okay, I could give, give, give. But it, it seems like it's easy for us to point at a scenario where I've had a manipulative boss or a sales manager that came in and took advantage of my kindness. How do you draw the line and where do you strike the difference? Well, I mean, first, it's, it's understanding what we mean by go-giver and what we don't mean. By go-giver, we simply mean a person who understands that shifting their focus, which is what we've really been talking about, shifting your focus from getting to giving. Now, when we say giving, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others. Understanding that doing so is not only a more pleasant way of conducting business, it's the most financially profitable way as well. And as you said, not from magical or mystical. No, it's, it's basically tapping into humanity and human nature and how things work. And it's wonderful. So what a go-giver is not though, right, is that doormat or someone who, so I, what I say to people when they say, oh, I try to do nice things and just give to me and I, and I take an advantage of, well, if you're finding yourself being taken advantage, and I'm not saying once or twice, I mean, we're all human, it's gonna happen unless we never leave the house, okay? And, but I'm saying if it's a pattern that you find, that you're being taken advantage of. It's not because you're a giver and it's not because you're a nice person. It's because you're doing things in such a way that you're creating the environment for people to take advantage of you. So, you know, the short advice is don't do that. But realistically, it's ask yourself the question, why is this happening? Why am I allowing it? Okay. You know, what has happened in my past that makes me feel that I have to be that person who is, you know, and then learn how to be able to say no in a way that's polite and respectful and honors the other person while honoring and respecting your boundaries. I love that you used the word boundaries because that's exactly where I was going to go. That was a piece of literature. I also picked up boundaries for me. I found myself being in that position where I, I was like, oh, you know, I feel like I'm giving too much. Are people taking advantage of me? But I also felt like there was a part of my energy that in those moments where I was giving, I was actually expecting something in return. And it's almost like the energy of the giving that I was bringing in was with that sense of expectancy, which made it so that I was giving not necessarily from authentic place. So where does that fit into the formula? Here's my feeling about this, that... When you give, okay, I mean, you give because it's who you are. And because it's who you are, it's what you do. Now, people say give without expectation. I know what they mean. I think I know what they mean, that they mean give without attachment. Because I always expect good things to happen. I want good things to happen. I expect good things to happen. But what I try to do is to give value to the marketplace. And, and a marketplace is simply groups of individuals, right? I try to give value to everyone I can. And while I expect good things to happen, 
I'm not attached to it having to happen. You see, when we're attached, then our sense of happiness and peace of mind is dependent upon a specific outcome. When we expect, we can prefer something to happen. You know, I expect great things to happen. I prefer this person wants to do business with me. And if they do, great, I prefer it. If they don't, that's okay too, okay? And so when we can do this, now, again, what's the energy that we put out there? And again, not woo-woo, la-la energy, but we are all energy. It is Energy is very important. And we put out a sense of posture, that lack of emotional attachment to a desired result, and we become more attractive to that person as someone they would want to do business with. I want to just recap it for people here because I want to go more into some of the modern elements of your concepts. So what we've talked about so far is when you embrace the go-giver way, you put putting value and creating value before the compensation because the compensation is simply the result of you bringing value forward. And when you want to influence and be more abundant in people's lives is because you are someone that puts their interest first. When you do that because you're putting their value first, you'll see that the law of reciprocity is going to come back naturally. As you vibrate as someone that is actually always thinking about giving, you don't need to come from a place that you're expecting the direct result of your giving, but rather it's just who you are and you keep giving. And of course, be receptive to when the giving comes back to you. Don't block it off. And these are the core concepts. And if any of you have not have not picked up the Go-Giver book, stay till the end of the episode because I'm going to have a nice surprise. So what I wanted to do, Bob, here from now is that a lot of things feel like they've changed. You were talking about you know, the digital modernization, social media. Matter of fact, we even have a lot of things like remote work. How, especially with the fact that social media, let's start with this one. Where are we seeing this law of go-giver be applied when it comes to people who are out there being influencers that are sharing their messages? What are the new things that you've picked up on with the way the world is shaped for that? Well, Years ago, when the internet became more prevalent, and especially when social media really became a thing, the biggest question I was asked was, do these principles apply to social media? And I said, absolutely, because principles are principles, right? They're universal laws. I mean, and so, you know, you're still asking yourself a basic question before every tweet or before every post or every pin or every whatever you want to call it, right? Depending upon the the platform, you ask yourself the question, is what I'm about to click enter on or send, is it going to provide value? Right. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And people say, well, can you really create relationships just on social? Yeah, absolutely. You can, you know, years ago. And when I first started in sales, you know, I'm 62 and a half. I've been around for a while. So this is years and years ago. We had this tool of technology that you could use without being face-to-face to create relationships. It was called a telephone. And it's all the same thing. Were you focused on that person? Understanding that human nature says, and as Dale Carnegie told us in his classic, How to Win Friends and Influence People, ultimately people do things for their reasons, not our reasons, okay? So when you're connecting with what social media does and other forms of the internet, is it allows us to originally connect with people we may never have had the opportunity to connect with, okay? Once we do, now we place our focus on that other person. And by the way, you can go from an internet relationship to picking up that phone 
or doing a Zoom call or meeting in person or whatever, sending a handwritten thank you note. There's none of it that is limited, only by our imagination. But there are so many ways to add, to bring, and to communicate value to others. I love that you brought back. And first off, 100%. I mean, it's so great to see what we can do with the internet now. I mean, just the fact that we were able to connect and do this interview is a testament to how much we can build our network so much further. I want to come back to the telephone. How many times do you see people having still a lot of fear having a telephone conversation now, as opposed to how it was maybe 30 years ago? Because I call people now and people are like, oh, they, they get so freaked out sometimes. Well, I mean, I just, I think picking up the phone for outbound prospecting was always a fear and it still is. You know, Jeb Blunt, who does great work in this area, who wrote Fanatical Prospecting. And, you know, he does a lot in terms of talking about the telephone and he comes right out and just says, yeah, there's a lot, there's fear to it. So he talks about how to get over that fear. What John David Mann and I say is the best way to get over that fear of picking up that phone and making a call is to be curious, okay, about that other person instead of about yourself, because the more focused you are on that other person, the easier it is to engage in a conversation with another person. When you're thinking about yourself, okay, now the pressure's on. Is what I said right? Did I say the exact thing? What have you? But yeah, I mean, I think it's natural, especially to the point that you don't have a relationship already established. And that's why sometimes you can establish that relationship first online before you call. And then by the time you speak on the phone, hey, what's going on? You know, a person, <laughs> right? You already know each other. And other times it's not as a, sometimes you just got to get on the phone and make those calls. But that's why I'm also a big believer in a referral-based business. And that was actually my first book, Endless Referrals, Network Everyday Contacts into Sales. Because to the degree that you work on referrals, that's the degree you're already pre-sold. It's easier to set the appointment. You can sell on high value rather than low price. You can complete the sale a lot easier because of borrowed influence or vicarious experience. And that person who, to whom you were referred, they already see you as a referral-based professional and they're much more likely to refer you. And so, yeah, I'd always rather do it that way. Any medium that you decide to use, you do that based on how appropriate it is and how comfortable you can be and how effective you can be. And I want to dig a bit on this element that you said, I think is so fantastic and applicable for even those who are listening that are not in sales. You talked about being more curious about the person than being so focused on your own ideas. And I can think of anybody trying to get a promotion to be the lead on a project. If they're speaking with the manager or the decision maker for those things and be curious on what problems, what's on them, and then actually craft what you want from based on what they are actually curious about, changes the dynamic completely. Uh, absolutely. You're so right on. So pretty much everything is sales, okay, when you think about it. So if you're going for that promotion or to be project manager or to help a potential customer invest in your product or service, it's all about sales. But here's the thing. Here's what selling is. Selling is simply, and this ties into what you said about curiosity, listening for understanding. Selling is simply discovering what the other person wants, needs, or desires, and helping them to get it. Again, it's all about them. And so that's why when we can be curious, when we can go into that discovery with the idea that I want to know everything this person's looking to attain, because it's not about me. They're not buying for me. I'm not going to get promoted for my sake. I'm going to get promoted because my boss believes that by doing so, 
his or her organization will be better off. Okay, so to the degree we can focus and be curious and ask the right questions and go deeper and not assume we understand what they mean by what they say because we don't know. And so we tactfully ask clarifying questions. You know, Dave or Susan, just for my own clarification or just to make sure I understood that correctly when you say X, do you mean what have you? Bob, I wanted to ask one more question here, which would be, you know, you've went into like the go-giver philosophy has been popularized. It's people are getting it. It's so amazing. It's congruent with human nature. You've went in and talked about how you can apply this in leadership. You've went ahead and talked about how you can apply this as an influencer. I was going to ask you, what is next? What is your next big thing you want to do with the go-giver concept? Are there any other interesting projects that you're working on these days? Well, my business partner, Kathy Tajanel, and I have been building over the last few years a certified go-giver speaker program, which is a licensing program. So we have successful business people from all over who have wanted to speak either as an entirely new living or just do with what they're doing. You know, we have one person who's the CEO of a health center who also likes to speak on leadership and the go-giver is a book that made a big difference for him. And so he's now one of our licensed speakers and he's speaking on that topic. So we have all sorts of people from all over the world who are doing that. And that's a lot of fun. We also have a online mini course video (laughs) and online regular course. One is the mini course. The free mini course is called selling the go-giver away, which is four videos. And then the longer course is endless referrals, the go-giver way. So, you know, Kathy and I, Keep the business very fun. Try to find ways to bring new value to the marketplace while we enjoy the process. And of course, you know, again, I want to just thank John David Mann as the co-author of the Go-Giver series because he's the lead writer. He's the storyteller. You know, as you can tell from speaking with me, I'm a how-to guy. I'm step one, step two, step three. So John, though, is a magnificent writer and there's no way this series would have been anywhere near what it was without his writing skills. Well, Bob, I'm so happy you came. As I mentioned at the beginning, I look up to your work so much. I'm personally writing my own book. I know. I love it. I I love it. You were telling me about it. I'm excited for it. So what I just wanted to say for the people that are listening, there's a little surprise I hinted towards, which I'll reveal. But first off, just make sure you remember, if you embrace the go-giver philosophy, there's nothing wrong that can come in the short term, in the long term. You'll always be building up your credibility. You'll always be someone that is sought after and looked at, someone that is always there to give. The universe will come back. You will see the deeds get paid back. And it's amazing to see the moment I embrace this, I've seen myself have a career that grow within Mindvalley. I even stepped away as an employee as Mindvalley, and I am now a host and author with Mindvalley. And it's always been building a network of people that know what kind of energy that you bring into everything that you do. And that is the go-giver philosophy secret. When you do that, you get curious into people. You'll see how much everything goes better in your life. And so this is why I'm so excited we got to share these concepts with everyone. And the surprise I want to do, Bob, is that as I want to also bring more awareness to this podcast, and I want to reward my top listeners here, is for anybody who goes out and leaves a review on Apple Podcasts quoting this episode, take a screenshot and send it to me on Instagram at Jason Mark Campbell. I'll put the handle in the show notes. Show me a screenshot of your review that you've left, and I'm going to be giving away five books of the go-giver of your choice. This is just because I know how much this book has changed my life. And if I can have five listeners that can have their own transformation by going through this book, you've heard the concepts here, but as you go through this book, the stories are beautiful and the concepts just strike home. This has been an amazing interview. I'm so glad to have you come on the show, Bob Berg. So thank you so much for sharing and all the best in your ventures as well. 
Thank you. Thanks for all the great work you're doing. Keep it up. Thanks again for tuning in to Superhumans at Work, which is always brought to you by Mindvalley. Know that All Access is our greatest offer where all of amazing quests in every area of your life are made available for you for under $2 a day. Simply go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman, and then you'll get a chance to uncover all of the available journeys that you can go through to improve every single area of your life. Mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman is where you'll get all the information and you'll get to see what it's like to be part of a tribe of people looking to always improve and do the best possible in the world by starting with themselves. Thanks so much for tuning in and until next time, stay superhuman. My name is Jason Campbell and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mindvalley podcast.